What's going on, y'all? Go Rams. Let's get it. Rams just won the Super Bowl. But, you know, we obviously are going to talk about the NBA uh, trade deadline. Obviously, we're going to talk about the All-Star game a little bit. Talk about some more reserves. Uh, we're going to catch up with what's been happening in the sport world the last week. And uh, sit back, relax, and let's get into this episode of the podcast. Let's get it. Right, let's talk some football. If you do not know, if you live under a rock, the Rams did actually pull it off and won the Super Bowl. Uh, they won 23 to 20. Uh, if you want to talk, we'll go over some quick stats real quick. Matthew Stafford, he had 283 yards. He had three touchdowns, but he did have two picks. But to be fair, one of them picks, in my opinion, really wasn't his fault. Homeboy just can't catch. Uh, they sucked fucking ass running the ball. Uh, I mean, they had 23 attempts of, you know, running the ball. They only got 43 yards total. Like, that's horrible. They averaged as a team, like, 1.8 yards per carry almost. Like, it was fucking trash. Cooper Cup ended up winning uh, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, in my opinion, I think he should have won it. I mean, he fucking had two touchdowns. He had 92 yards, uh, eight catches. So, I mean, he did his thing for sure. Um... You know, they played pretty well, the Rams, overall. I feel like they could have obviously played better. Uh, I don't think it should have been as close as it was. But the bank, like, my thing is, like, bro, you look at the Bengals. It's like you let your quarterback get sacked seven times, which is now a Super Bowl tied record. Uh, you know, Burrow played pretty well. I mean, he, he was 22 for 33, so, I mean, he only missed nine passes. I mean, he had 263 yards, but he only got one touchdown. You know, I mean, they did a, a pretty good job not letting – Burrow kind of go off through the whole game. I mean, I mean, fucking Joe Mixon ended up with a touchdown, which was fucking ridiculous. But, I mean, Mixon played a pretty good game. I mean, you know, he had uh, 72 yards rushing. He threw a touchdown. So, I mean, I mean, they ran the ball a little bit better. I mean, they ended up with like 30 more yards than the Rams did. But they also ran the ball eight times less than the Rams. So, uh you know, Higgins had a good game. He had two touchdowns, 100 yards. Jamar Chase, I mean, they did a pretty good job of not keeping him throughout the whole game, like, uh, you know, constantly making a big play, you know. I mean, he had five catches for 89 yards, but, you know, that's what that's not that good for Jamar Chase, you know, comparing to the rest of the games he's played in the postseason. Uh, so, Overall, I mean, the Bengals didn't play a horrible game. I mean, they, they scored uh, in every quarter, obviously, besides the fourth. And the Rams only scored seven points in the fourth quarter because Aaron Donald fucking locked these motherfuckers down in the whole second half. I mean, he ended up with two sacks, three quarterback hits all alone in the second half. Because in the first half, they did a pretty good job of keeping Burrow, in my opinion, like somewhat protected compared to what they normally uh, do. So, I mean, they did a pretty good job with that. The one thing that I couldn't stand was um, the fact that, you know, the Bengals were somehow, like, still in this game. You know, it's like, if your quarterback is getting sacked seven times, how the fuck is he in the game? And for some reason, the Bengals are kind of good with that. It's like they always stay in the game or they're even ahead at some point. It's like, you know, the dude's been sacked, I think, like, over 20 times in four games. It's like, how the fuck does your guy get hit 20 fucking times and you still end up winning majority of these games? I don't understand it. 
I mean, good job for Burrow for being a badass and fucking sucking it up and going out there and getting his ass kicked all game. Don't get me wrong. Burrow's the fucking man. Uh, between him and Mahomes, it's going to be their league. Maybe Josh Allen, too, those three guys. It's going to be their league for a long time now that Brady's gone. And, you know, who knows what Rodgers. And, um, you know, there's talks about, like, Aaron Donald retiring. I doubt he's going to retire. It's like, do you just want a fucking Super Bowl and you're – you know, your your uh your contract, you're getting fourteen million dollars next year. It's like I don't really think he's gonna fucking retire. I mean, who knows? I might be wrong. I mean, he doesn't have anything left to prove. I mean, he's won defensive player of the year three times. Uh now he's a Super Bowl. So it's like as a defensive end, he really doesn't have anything to prove. But it's like now that you're in this um you know, now that you're like in this uh conference and you have this confidence now because you finally won one. Cause remember, they went to one in what, what was it, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen? You know, they played uh, the Patriots, and it's like they were pretty close. I mean, they only scored three points, but, I mean, they fucking only let Tom Brady get ten points. You know what I mean? So it's like if Matthew Stafford was playing that game, I think he would have fucking got him a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's the difference between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. And, you know, the thing is, is like as a Lions, you know, fan and as uh, someone who lives in Michigan, it's like, you know, as a Lions fan, we always knew majority of us, the smart ones, we always knew that Stafford was never the problem. You get what I'm saying? Like, we never once really were like, oh, Stafford sucks, you know? And if anyone did say that, they're just a fucking idiot. They don't know anything about football, and they don't know anything about sports because they're fucking stupid. You know, it was never his fault that, you know, he never got us far in the playoffs. It's The motherfucker had four head coaches in 12 years. The guy uh, had a new fucking line every year because our offensive line was always dog shit. Uh, his receivers were always solid, but he's never had a running game. He had one 100-yard rusher, which was Reggie Bush, for one year. And then after that, Reggie was never the same. He never even got close to 100 yards uh, a game. It's like, I just, I don't understand where all of a sudden, like, the Stafford love and also hate is, like, meshed. You know, it's like, there's a lot of people I know that live in Michigan that were rooting for Stafford a couple, you know, last night. And it's like, dude... I remember for sure, like, when he was here and we weren't winning games, like, everyone's like, oh, get him out of here, get him out of here. And it's like, you know what? If I was Stafford, I'd get the fuck out of here, too. Like, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. It's like, I, I bust my ass. I'm playing through injuries. And people are still going on, you know, ESPN and Fox and calling me trash and saying I'm not an elite quarterback when my numbers are pretty similar to Aaron Rodgers and we're in the same conference. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I'm sorry, same division. I'm sorry. But still, it's like, I don't really understand, like, the Stafford hate. And now it's like, now that he's won, everyone is going to be on his balls for the next couple years. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, Stephen A. Smith is like, oh, he's now a Hall of Famer because he won the Super Bowl. But it's like, then you go on there a couple years ago, they were arguing that, like, Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer. Well, it's like, how? The fucking guy has two Super Bowl rings. You know what I'm saying? He's top 10 in yards. Like, you've got to put him in the Hall of Fame. And it's like, same with Stafford. It's like, the... By the end of his career, I mean, he's going to probably end up being top 10, maybe top 7 in, you know, passing yards. All right, so I just checked. Uh, Matthew Stafford, as of to date, is 12th already on passing yards. He has 49,995 passing yards. So he is only like 1,500 away from John Elway. He is six, a little bit under 6,000 from Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is only like, let's see, uh, like eighteen hundred away from Eli. So I mean, I mean, who? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers retires, which who the fuck knows? You know, with that fucking diva, that fucking guy. 
you know, who the fuck knows what the fuck he's going to do. But, I mean, the way Stafford's going, so, I mean, he's averaging uh, 4,044 yards per season for the last 10 years. And this season he threw, um, let's check. I'm pretty sure, where was it? I just had it. Let me see. He threw 4,886 yards this year. So he almost threw 5,000 yards this year, okay? So let's just do his career average for, like, another five years because he's gonna he has one more year left with the Rams, and he's a free agent. And let's just say, like, he sounds like another four-year deal. So we'll do, like, another five years. Uh, he's a Ram. So with his career average, if he does for another five years, uh, he will have another 20,220 uh, passing yards. And if you add that to his total, he already has, which is 49,995. So plus 49,995. He should then have in the next five years, um, five to six years, 70,215 passing yards, which would put him, let's see, on the all time list, he would end up being fifth. Or I'm so, yeah, fifth. He would be ahead of Philip Rivers, Dan Marino, Matt Ryan, Ben Rotlinsberg, Eli Manning. That's what he would be doing if he c- keeps doing his uh, career average of 4,044 yards for like the next five years. So if he keeps this pace going, he's at, he's going to end up being top five in passing yards. And people really have the audacity to say that this guy's not a good quarterback. Like, what are we talking about? Like, people are just so fucking stupid. I can't stand dumb people that talk sports. It just bothers me and it fucking pisses me off. It's like the guy has the chance at the spa- uh, the career he's going. He could be top five. And let's say he doesn't do his average. Let's, let's say it's a little bit lower. He's still going to end up being in the top seven passing yards all time. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, and if Aaron Rodgers retires or retires in a year or two, he'll probably end up beating Aaron Rodgers in passing yards. You know, I mean, he's 6,000, a little bit under 6,000 behind him, which it sounds like a lot. But, dude, it's like in a season and a half, if Aaron Rodgers calls it quits, he'll be, you know, either tied or, like, a little bit higher than him or a little bit lower than him. It's like it's only going to take him about a season and a half to catch up or pass him. You get what I'm saying? So it's like I just – I don't get the Stafford hate ever. I just never got it. And it's like – you know, the Rams are still a good football team. You know, they have Aaron Donald for another year. They have Matt Stafford for another year. They still have Jalen Ramsey under contract. It's like they still have some good guys. And, I mean, pray for Odell, man, because it's like I really feel like now that he got hurt, I don't think another team is going to really want him now. And it's like in a way it kind of helped the Rams keep him hopefully because it's like if I'm Odell, I'm not Odell. So I don't know. Maybe he will leave. You know, he re, he had a comeback season for him. But it's like, me personally, it's like, dude, I've already made money. You know, between the the Giants and Cleveland, he's made over like $100 million. So it's like, why not stay in the Rams? You know, don't get paid max dollar, but get paid okay. Have a chance to keep winning playoff games. Have a chance to keep your stats up. Have a chance to, you know, maybe win another Super Bowl. It's like... But Sean McBay as your coach, it's not like you're not going to maybe go. I mean, in five years, this guy's been to two Super Bowls and won one of them. So it's like it's not like this guy's not a good coach or something. And I, I, I don't know what it is with the Rams, but it's like for some reason, everybody on this roster is like a legacy. It's a legacy game for Matthew Stafford. It's a legacy game for Sean McBay. It's like why? They're already good. You know, it's like 
McBay's a good coach. He's only been coaching for five years, and he's been the two Super Bowls. What else do you want him to do? You get what I'm saying? And it's like, Matt Stafford, brand new team, brand new coach, brand new roster, brand new city, brand new everything. There's a lot of quarterbacks that couldn't do what he did. And the only one that's done it before Stafford was Tom Brady. He's the only one that I can think of at the top of my head that has went there their first year and won a Super Bowl. And it's like, you can argue, well, oh, they're a really good team. They have an all-around good team. Well, there's a lot of good teams that get hurt. Like, look at the Bucks this year. They just won a Super Bowl with the exact same roster. And this whole year, they've been in and out with injuries. And that's another reason why they lost. That's a huge reason they lost. It wasn't that they weren't better than other people. It's because they were never healthy. And it's like, with football especially, the last team to go back-to-back was the Shannon Sharp and John Elway Denver Broncos. And that was over 20 years ago. It's so hard to go back-to-back because of injuries because they don't play a lot of games. It's not like the NBA where it's like, oh, my guy's hurt, but he'll be back for the playoffs and he'll play in the shape by the finals because we're just better than everybody. Plus, we get to play seven games. And in football, it's one and done. You have one bad game and it's over. It's so hard to go back-to-back. So it's like... You know, a lot of these guys, maybe they won't go back-to-back, or maybe they'll go on a far run. But as long as they come back and go on a far run, you know, if I'm Odell, I would like to be a part of that. So it's like, if I was Odell Beckham Jr., I would stay there. He fits so perfect there because it's like, when he's there, it takes a lot of room off for Cooper Cup. And they both get numbers. I mean, Odell was the second most had the second most touchdowns in the postseason for the Rams. And he was only behind one touchdown from Cooper Cup. So it's not like he's not getting the ball, and it's not like he's not getting any love from Stafford. He's getting a lot of love from Stafford. Man, let's talk about that halftime show, though, bro. That shit was so fire. I love My favorite part was when um Dre was on the keyboard playing the Tupac I Mad At You on the piano, and then he went like into Still Dre. That shit was so ill. That was so fire. Like, I'm not even going to lie. It's like, bro, I love that style of hip-hop, and I love everyone on that stage. I fuck with heavy. You know, like, I love like when 50 came out, I, like, almost shit myself. That shit was so fire. And he was upside down like he was in the music video. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. I may be 20. All you OGs that may watch this, I may be 20, but I know my hip-hop, okay? Everybody on top, everybody there was a fucking goat. Snoop killed it. Dre killed it. M killed it. Everybody killed it. Kendrick, I love Kendrick's part. Like, with the boxes, that shit was so sweet, too. That has to honestly be, like, one of the best, if not the best halftime show I've ever seen. I mean, in in my lifetime, that's the best one. I thought Prince was the best one, but I honestly think that one was better. Bro, like, everything about it was cool. Like, the setup, how they had all the houses how they had all, like, the dancers out there. Like, they did a really, really, really good job of having everyone have at least, like, one moment in there with only having, like, 15 minutes. Like, I know a couple people that were like, I don't know if it's going to be good because it's like, how are you going to fill all these, like, superstar, you know, uh, rappers and singers and just performers in only 15 minutes. I think they did a great job doing that because that was my kind of like big like if I'm like, how is this going to look like? What are they really going to do? And I kind of like how they did more tributes to the West Coast and like the uh, the L.A. guys like Dre and Snoop and uh, Pac. They did a little I imagine the California love. I thought that was really cool to do. They spent, you know, it wasn't really about M. 
it wasn't really about 50 or Mary J because those are more East Coast. You know, like all those, you know, they're uh, ends from Detroit and Mary J and 50 from New York. So, I mean, they spent more time, you know, with, you know, Kendrick, the OGs and Snoop and Dre, like the guys that were from the West Coast, which I thought was kind of cool that they did that. You know, I thought that was a really nice show. Uh, I loved it, you know. I watched it back already like two, three times. And like I said, my favorite part is either when Kendrick came out with the box joint or when Dre played the I Manicha and then M took that knee and then he started playing Still Dre. That shit was cool. I thought that was really, really cool. And then they all went on stage and they're doing like the uh, the adverbs and shit. Like still, that shit was cool. That was really cool. Like the hip hop fan in me, I was really, really, really happy with that. So I just want to get my little opinion out there on the halftime show. That shit was fire. Love it. I'm going to watch it like a million times, probably on YouTube like everybody else. But that shit was fire. All right. If you guys did not see the West and East All-Star Reserves, we're going to talk about them a little bit. Uh, so I like the Reserves a lot for the East. I think they all were like pretty good. So the East All-Star Reserves are Jimmy Butler, Zach Levine, Darius Garland, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, and Fred Van Fleet. And it was James Harden. Now, James Harden is not playing now. They just announced that uh, Jared Allen is taking his slot. Now, me with Allen, I'm not the biggest, you know, I'm not going to be sitting here saying I'm mad that he got picked. I understand he got picked, so I'm not going to sit here and hate on it. My personal pick, I probably would have went Siakam or, you know, Jalen Brown, but I'm totally cool with Allen being there. He's been playing really, really well this year, so I'm very happy that, you know, the Cavs are getting the recognition they deserve this year because they're playing really well, so it's cool to see. I was really happy that Garland actually made it, you know what I'm saying, and and, um, I think um, LaMelo made it uh, and uh, Devante, DeJounte Murray ended up making it too because KD's not playing. So uh, cool for those guys that they're in the All-Star game too. And um, so with the West All-Stars too, it's uh, D-Book, Donovan Mitchell, Luka, Chris Paul, Gobert, Draymond Green, and Towns. But Draymond Green's not playing. Obviously, he's out, so they added uh, DeJounte Murray as an all-star reserve. So I thought, um, I think all around, I think it's a really, really good list of players. I think everybody on this list is deserving of an all-star. Uh, me, maybe the starters, you know, on the West, like obviously Wiggins, but we're not gonna we're not gonna diss Wiggins because Wiggins been playing good. But it's like if I had to pick out of any of these guys to start in the All Star game, I would have took Luca. You know what I'm saying? Luca should be starting. Let's just let's just be for real. He's probably a top five player for sure in the uh, Western Conference for sure. So um, that's an obvious choice. So. Um, but I like the all-star uh, lineup. I think everyone should be in there. So, you, know, like, you already know how I feel about the all-star game. It's stupid. Motherfuckers not playing no defense. People running around not doing shit. You know, they, they throwing the ball off the glass and dunking it on nobody. Uh, it's going to be a boring-ass game. I'm To be completely honest, I'm probably not even going to watch the motherfucker because I really don't fuck with the All-Star game. I think the All-Star game is mad stupid. I think it's dumb as fuck nowadays. You know, they don't do anything that fun. I think the whole All-Star weekend is stupid, to be completely honest. I get why they do it. It's a kid thing nowadays. It's a money grab. Fans like it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the dunk contest. Oh, the three-point contest. The skills challenge. 
you know, if you haven't heard my opinion on the skills challenge and all this shit, go go back and watch episode 30. Uh, I'm sorry, episode 31. Uh, I don't fuck with the All-Star game. I don't fuck with the All-Star weekend for real. The only thing I enjoy is the three-point contest. I like to see, you know, the best shooters in the game all go at it because it does get intense. But like I said, I don't like how they add new shit. It's like, why are you adding something to something that's not broken? It's like, if it, you know, it's an old school term. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they always try to like, in just life in general, there's always companies and and shit like they always try to add new shit to stuff and it's like why like why are you trying to make something like you're just trying to like think of something new to think of something new you're not trying to think of something new because it's better you know it's like adding a four-point ball to the all or yeah four-point or a do ball to the three-point contest like that doesn't make it better it just, like, it's newer because these guys could shoot far. So we're going to put a ball from 30, 35 feet out and you can shoot it. And if you make it, it gets you three or four points. It's stupid. You already had the money ball rack that was new. And some people didn't like that. I was one of them, but it's like, you know what? Now it kind of grew on me a little bit. It's like, okay, the money ball rack, like, I get it. Like, you know, you go cold and then it's like, how the fuck am I going to come back and win? It's like, you know, if I only have one money ball. So I get that aspect. It's okay. You know, it's like I, I, it's like I don't like new shit when it doesn't need to be new. It bothers me. Like, like with anything, it's like you, you play PlayStation or whatever Xbox. Like they add like new shit to games that no one wants or no one cares about. Like, like 2K. It's like they always add some shit that no one gives a fuck about. Like no one gives a shit. It's like, how about you fix the main problem, the gameplay? And it's like with the All Star game, instead of making this shit. Like a whole weekend of kitty fun time. Why don't you be like, now fuck that. We're going to fix the rules and we're going to make this shit like more competitive. So th- your fans are not going to feel like, oh, they're just running around. Shoot. Like it looks like when you play like 21 and then like, you know, no one cares to play defense till like you're at like, you know, like 18, 19 or 20. You know what I'm saying? Then ever sudden everyone wants to fucking play defense and go like try hard. It's like, like I said, they always try to make shit new. It's like, why are you fucking with the score? Why are you fucking with the score? That's like the main thing. The fucking score. Like, why the fuck are you changing the score every quarter? That's fucking stupid. Oh, uh, they reached this amount of points first, so they won that quarter. Now, it's an, that's the dumb... Listen to me. It's the dumbest fucking thing they ever could fucking think of. That's the stupidest fucking dumbass asshole thinking fucking thing ever. Nobody... Like, no fan was like, you know what they should do? Fuck with the scoreboard. No one thought of that. Not one fan went on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or any social media and said, oh, hey, at NBA, change the, the way the score is in the All-Star. No one said that, bro. Because you want to know why? It's the most simple thing ever. It's the score. Why the fuck are you changing the score to the game every quarter? Why the fuck does that matter? Like, what, like, what the actual fuck are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Why are we changing shit? That no one fucking asked to be changed. Why? It's the dumb. It's it boggles my mind. It's fucking stupid. Like the the do ball. No one asked for that shit. No one's like, oh, go put a ball real far out there and have them go run way out of the way to shoot it. It's like because the three point cut. It's like all in order. You know, you go from the the the, the corner to the elbow to the the fucking middle or the top of the key to the corner. You know, what I'm saying? like to the other corner. 
it, it's a simple motion. You just go in a circle. Now I gotta go out of the way to this do ball that's far as fuck from the actual rack, and it's like it's the same time. You're adding two more like racks in a way, but you're giving them the same time. That doesn't make any sense. It's like if you want to give their stupid do ball, then give them an extra like ten seconds, five seconds on the clock because you want to add your stupid ass do ball, your chuck it from half court ball, like. That doesn't mean you're a good shooter because you just toss the fucking thing up there and hope it goes in. Like, that's stupid. And it's like, there's like five guys in the NBA that can hit that shot, like, consistently. And it's like, you got guys, like, that are in a three-point contest because, like, their their three-point percentage is high or they make a lot of attempts. Or, like, they'll be a catch-and-shoot guy. Like, uh, J.J. Redick, for example, was a great catch-and-shoot guy coming off the screens. He's not, like, a deep guy. Like, he doesn't pull it from deep. It's not his game. Duncan Robinson ain't pulling that bitch from deep. He pulls that shit right from the fucking line off the screen. That's his job. Kyle Korver. You know, don't get me wrong. They could probably shoot it deep compared to other guys, but it's like, it's like, bro, if your name isn't fucking Curry, Clay, Trey Young, Harden, and like Kyrie, like, why are you shooting it from like 30, 35 feet out? Why? No one else really has that green light and even has the balls to shoot it that far consistently. Because you want to know why? They can't fucking make it. That's why it's obvious. So why add that shit? You know, I, I don't know. I, I can't, like, this, like, the skills challenge. See, I'm ranting again about how much I hate the All-Star break. It's stupid. You know, you got guys that have never won a dunk contest judge the dunk contest. You have guys that aren't even good dunkers judging dunks. You have stupid-ass celebrities that are, like, five foot four who can't even dunk a basketball fucking judging the game why whose idea was it to be like yes DJ Khaled yeah this fucking dumbass this guy should be a dunk contest joke listen to me I don't know if you've been seeing these but I fucking hate the NBA all-star uh page like whoever runs that page is a dickhead every fucking time I open Instagram I see this fucking asshole DJ Khaled reacting to some dunk Hey, come here for a second. No, come here. Get the fuck over here. Let me fucking tell you something. Hold on. Listen, you dumb fuck. I am so sick and tired of seeing DJ Khaled's fat ass talk about fucking basketball highlights. Nobody gives a fuck with this bum ass, non-rapping ass, fat fuck, non-built ass rapper has to say about the dunk contest or the NBA in general. He's a big fat fucking loser, and he has nothing to bring for the fucking all-star game. The fat fuck can't even shoot a fucking jump shot properly. The guy throws the ball like a spaz. The fucking guy can't do anything. The guy is just a fucking meme. Why the fuck is this meme representing the NBA all-star game? No one wants to see this dickhead perform. Nobody wants to see this dickhead talk about basketball. And it's like, I ain't the only one. Go on the comments of these videos. Everyone's clowning this fucking guy, saying that he's just saying shit to say shit. What the fuck are we doing? So let's talk about some of the trades that all happened. We'll talk about the main ones, but we're going to just break down all the ones that happened. So obviously Philly got James Harden and Paul Millsap, and the Nets got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Drummond, and two first-round picks. Uh, Porzingis was traded to the uh, to the Wizards for Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. The Wizards also got a second round pick. Uh, the Celtics got Derek White for um, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, uh, 2022 first round pick, and a 2020 first round pick swap. 
Uh, the Celtics got Daniel Tice again, and the Rockets got Dennis Schroeder, Ennis Freedom, and uh, Bruno. The Bucks in a four-team trade. Uh, the Bucks got uh, a Baca, second-round pick from the uh, the Kings, second-round pick from the Pistons, and Cash from the Clippers. The Clippers got Ronnie Hood. Uh, oh God, I don't know how to say my man's name. Uh, semi, semi, and then uh, Vaja from the Kings. Oh God, Kings got uh, Divincenzo, Josh Jackson from Detroit, Trey Lyles from Detroit. Uh, and a second round pick. Uh, and the Pistons got Marvin Bagley. Uh, let's see what else. Hornets got um, Montrez Harrell. They traded for uh, Vernon Carey Jr. and Ish Smith in a second round pick. What a fucking steal that was. Uh, the Suns got uh, Cor- or Torrey Craig again and some cash for Jalen Smith in a second round pick. Uh, let's see. The Suns got Aaron Holiday for some cash. The Raptors traded Bert uh, Drogic to the Spurs for Thaddeus Young, Drew uh, Eubanks, and a second-round pick. And the Spurs got uh, Drogic and a first-round pick. There's talks that uh, the Spurs are going to buy out Drogic, though, so who knows who's going to pick him up. Uh, Bull Bull's getting a pass around like a blunt. He just got uh, traded again. And P.J. uh, Dozier, to the Magics and a future second round pick and for some cash and the Celtics got a second round pick for that. The Jazz trade got a uh, Nikolai Alexander Walker uh and uh uh Hernan Gomez and the Blazers ended up getting uh Joe Engels, uh Elijah Hughes in a second round pick. So there's that uh let's see who else we got. <clears throat> the Thunder got – they traded uh, a second-round pick for KZ Okapala. I don't really know who that is, to be completely honest. Some super young – yeah, he's 22-some young dude. I don't know. I never heard of him. Uh, the Pacers, they uh, they got uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hield, and Tristan Thompson – and the Kings got uh, Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb in a second-round pick. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers traded to the Pelicans. They traded uh, C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell for Josh Hart, uh, Nikolai Alexander-Walker, uh, Thomas Santoraski, I think that's how you say his name, some dude named Didi, uh, a first-round pick for 2022, which is protected. Uh, 2026 second round pick, uh, 2027 second round pick. Uh, the Cavs got Karis LeVert, obviously, in a second round pick for Ricky Rubio, a first round pick and two second round picks. I think that was a big steal for the Cavs for sure. Norman Powell and Robert Covington got traded to the Clippers to the from the Blazers for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson in a second round pick. I thought that was a nice little uh, little steal there. So that's all what happened through the All-Star break right there, or through the trade deadline, actually. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, – we'll talk a little bit about that CJ trade. Me, personally, it's just like – like, when I when I seen that at work, I was just thinking to myself, it's like, does this make the Pelicans better? Does this make Zion want to stay here? Because we all know that he does not want to be there. 
So it's like, does adding C.J. McCollum, a above-average two-guard but not a true all-star player, does that make him want to stay there? Me, personally, I don't think so. I think he's still going to want to get the fuck on. I think he's still going to want to end up playing in a big market. I don't think he's going to want to be there anymore. So it's like, I mean, I get it. They're like, well, maybe Ingram will be happier now because he's playing with C.J., but it's like, I mean, you let go of some young talent to get him over there. And it's like, I don't know, if you're the Pelicans, wouldn't you want to keep your young talent? Because it's like, you're not only a couple veterans and a, and a couple players away from making a playoff run. You're just not. And, I mean, you can make that argument maybe now because it's like, well, what if Zion was there right now? And they're, I think they're 10th in the West right now. No, they're the 11th. They're a game behind Portland. So they're a half a game behind the play-in. And you can argue, like, oh, if Zion was there, maybe they'd be, uh, you know, more toward, you know, they maybe have a couple more wins. They'd be right, right there where the Lakers are. I mean, you can, I could see that. Like, if the Pelicans are right there, they could be between the 8th and the ninth. But it's like, I don't know, is that really, like, what you want to be? You know, like, when you have a first-round pick like Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, is that really, like, what's good enough to make the play-in? You know what I'm saying? It's like, are you going to give up two young players and some draft picks for it? I don't know. I wouldn't. Like, I just don't see, like, adding C.J. McCollum, like, them being a lot better than they already are. You know, like, the Pelicans, they're just, they're just not a good organization. And it starts all the way from the GM, and it starts from the ownership. Like, they can't keep a superstar happy there. They can't build around them correctly. I mean, you let Chris Paul walk, you let A.D. leave, and now you're going to let Zion leave. And I mean, it's, just, it's a fact. You know, Zion's not going to want to stay there. I mean... It's been even, it looks like even on draft night, like obviously he was crying and stuff, but it's like after a couple games of playing there, it just looked like he doesn't, he doesn't really care. It looks like he doesn't even want to be there. You know what I mean? That's just my opinion. I mean, I might be completely wrong. You know, I'm not Zion, so like who knows? Maybe they throw that big fat cash in front of him and that big fat contract in front of him and he stays there. Like trades that make sense are like what Cleveland did to get Karis LeVert. I think that's a great trade. Because they didn't, in my opinion, they didn't get really, they didn't really give anything for him. I mean, Ricky Rubio just tore his uh, his Achilles, or I'm sorry, was it his ACL? It was one or the other. You know, he had a horrible injury. He had like a comeback little year playing over there in Cleveland, and it's like, you know, you trade some draft picks, but it's like you still got a second round pick in return, and you get a a really good solid starting shooting guard in Karis LeVert, plus. You know, Sexton, you, who knows what he they might do with him. They might sign and trade him, which I think that's what they're going to do. Uh, I don't really think they're going to just let him walk because I don't think they couldn't probably get anything for him because he's been hurt all year, so who knows. Um, but I, I love that trade. I think that was a really good trade. I think the Pacers did a really good job getting Halliburton over there. I was surprised to see Sabonis go. I really thought that Turner was going to be the one to go because, I mean, if you looked at all the, the rumors, it seemed like more Turner was the one on the block one Sabonis. But I guess they're probably thinking, like, well, we might get more for Sabonis, and they did get more for Sabonis. You got Buddy Hill, too, which is a nice pickup, too. A nice little straight-up shooter, which was nice, too. So the Pacers, in my opinion, like, they definitely won that, you know, the more that I thought it. Like, when I first seen that, I was like, eh, you know, maybe the Kings kind of won that more. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I seen – what the Pacers got, I kind of sat down and thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah, the Pacers definitely won that. And it's like, you know, same thing with, like, the Brooklyn trade. It's like, I think Philly won that trade for the next, like, maybe two years. But it's like, I don't think that Brooklyn – I think in the long run, Brooklyn definitely won. You got two first-round picks. You got Seth Curry. You got Ben Ben Simmons. Uh, you still <clears> – <throat> you got Andre Drummond, 
who's a really good starting center, in my opinion. Y'all, y'all know how I feel about Drummond. I think Drummond's very underrated and underappreciated. I'm so glad he's out of Philly. I'm so glad he's out of Philly because y'all did not use him correctly over there in Philly. And it's like, that was just a weird signing because it's like, you have MB. Why the fuck do you want Drummond? You know, it's like, he's, you're not going to play this fucking guy. You know, it's, it, was, it was a weird six-man to kind of have off the bench, a center like that. That was just a weird six-man type, weird, not even a six-man, really. Just a weird backup center for someone that good just to not play at all. It was just weird. I do like, though, how um, Derek White is now on the Celtics. I thought that was a really nice little pickup for them because I think they do need, like, a new point guard change. Uh, and, I mean, Derek White is more of an all-around pass versus type point guard. So I think he's going to fit really well over there. I mean, I don't know if it's good enough to, like, make a big run. But, I, I mean, they definitely – the Celtics have definitely gotten a lot better. Uh, it's it's really nice to see. You know, they've won nine of their last ten games, and they're on an eight-game win streak. So, you know, they've definitely bumped up now to six seed, which is pretty cool to see. And they're two games ahead of – oh, I'm sorry. No, they're not. They're a game and a half ahead of Toronto, and they're only two games behind Philly, and they're two and a half games behind Milwaukee, and they're only two and a half games behind – Cleveland. So it's there's there is still a possibility that if, if the Celtics keep doing what they're doing, they can fuck around and end up being the third spot, coming back and, you know, really making a name for themselves this year, which is really nice to see because I, I you know, y'all know, you know, I fuck with Jason Tatum, I fuck with Jalen Brown. I like the Celtics. You know, and it's just hard like, you know, I like the Hawks, I like the Knicks too. It's like it just sucks to see certain teams start off so shitty, but I mean, they started off really shitty and then they, you know, they started playing um, Robert Williams more. You know, I have him in fantasy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been looking at his numbers, like, every day. And every game he plays, he's, he's just playing great. I mean, every game. I mean, here's his game log the last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. The last six games. I mean, he's got last night against Atlanta, 10 points, 14 rebounds, two blocks, 15 points, three blocks, 16 rebounds, 12 points, uh, three blocks, and 11 rebounds, 10 points, two blocks, two steals, uh, six rebounds, uh, 11 points, five blocks, four assists, and 11 rebounds. Ten blo- uh, ten points, three blocks, two steals, three assists, and eight rebounds. This guy's playing really, really well. And I'm really happy that Robert Williams is now starting to become that starter. And, like, they're kind of fading away from the Al Horford, you know, him playing a lot. Because he's just not that good no more. You know, it's, just, it's, just, it's his last year. To be completely honest, I don't see him playing anymore. He looks like... You know, like Blake Griffin and Millsap out there. Like, he just doesn't really do a lot, in my opinion. You know, it's like averaging 9 to 10 points, like making the money he makes. I mean, he's averaging 10, 7, and 3, which, I mean, it's not horrible. But it's like, that's because he gets a lot of minutes. And I don't know. It's just, in my opinion, I don't really think he's that good anymore of a player. I'm not knocking Al Horvath. He's a great, you know, he was a solid player for a very, very long time. I just think his uh his time is done in the league, personally. I don't think he really should make a roster anymore. I feel like there's a lot of younger players that should get the opportunity to play above him, you know, or guys in his caliper. So there's that. But nah man, I like uh I like Boston's uh last little couple pickups, you know. I like how they got Derek White. I thought that was a really nice pickup. You know, he played pretty good. He's been playing pretty good ever since he's went over there, too. Like, he's just, uh, he's just he just knows his role. I will say this, though. I know a lot of people think that Brooklyn just, like, went up in there and just stole, you know, all that stuff for James Harden. But I feel like people don't realize how good James Harden really is and still is. Like, 
to be completely like, like think about it. like Ben Simmons was not playing, so they didn't really trade anything. He wasn't going to play there ever again. So him being traded is like, yes, it's cool for Philly, but it's like I feel like they should have gave maybe even a little bit more. I mean, I think the Nets should have ended up trading a couple more little players too. But I mean, it's like I think it was pretty equal. It's like, dude, you have James Harden and Joel Embiid together with Tobias. People need to sit the fuck down and realize that they have James Harden, who not even a year ago was a top seven player and two years ago was a top five player. You know, James Harden could easily still be a top five player. I personally believe this was going to happen. I think they're going to play pretty well this year together. They're not going to win at all, obviously, this year. To, not yet. They need more time. But I'm telling you right now, if Harden comes in, then in the offseason, over there in Philly, he's all in shape and he's ready to go and he's happy over there and so is it with Embiid, dude, it's over. We've never seen uh, a guy with Joel Embiid's type of style with a pass-first scoring type player. You know, we've never seen that. Like, we've never seen Chris Paul with, like, a Joel Embiid or a Steph Curry or a, you know, I mean, even – I mean, you've seen like maybe Tony Parker with, uh, you know, Tim Duncan. Like we've seen that, but it's like they're Timmy's better than MB. Don't get me wrong, but Harden's so much better than Tony Parker. It's fucking different. Like Tony Parker was never a top five player in the league ever. But I'm saying that it's like you still have Tobias. You still have a solid coach in Doc Rivers. You know, you I think I really think they they're gonna make some extra little moves this off season and sign a couple little guys. Dude, I'm telling you, bro, Philly, if you're a Philly fan right now, I'd be very excited because it's like the team you had constructed, even with Ben Simmons, you were not going to win a championship. Now you're really in contending. You have two top 10 players on the same roster, and if they both come in in shape and they're healthy and they're you know, not injured or whatever the cause is, I really think that they could really do it. I really think they can win it. I really do. I don't think with – Ben Simmons and Durant and part-time Kyrie, that's going to win you a title. I don't see it. I'm telling you now, seeing Ben Simmons over there, people need to realize, yes, he's athletic. Yes, he can play defense. Yes, he can run the offense. But the fucking guy can't shoot. And I, I get it. Everyone's like, oh, well, he's in a new home. Maybe his mental health won't be the same. You know, new home, you know, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. You're either born with the shooting touch or you're not. There are so many bigs that shoot free throws every day and they knock them down like it's nothing in practice. When the lights come on, they always get shook. And that's what happens to people who can't shoot. The lights go on, there's fucking stress, there's you know just a whole ball of emotion and they get shook. And, you, and we've seen it with many bigs or just many players that can't shoot and he's one of them players. And this Kevin Durant going to really want to play with someone like that? I don't know. I mean, you know, you can argue like, well, you know, at least if KD leaves or they trade KD. I mean, who who the fuck knows, bro? Like, I don't really see KD staying there the rest of his career. I don't see it. I think he's going to get aggravated. He's going to want to go somewhere else. He's kind of going to want to get the fuck on because it's just like, I don't think he... I don't really think they're going to win a, t- a championship together. I don't see it. I don't think they're better than the Bucks. I honestly don't even think they're better all around than the Miami Heat. You know, 
the Miami Heat are a good organization. They have a good, you know, for, you know, first option with Jimmy Butler. Now, I don't think Bam should be your second option. I don't. I'm not the biggest Bam guy, but I think with adding Kyle Lowry and having Hero playing the way he's playing and Duncan Robinson over there and their all-around bench and just their coach and every, I think they're going to come up on top this year. I think it's either going to be the Heat or the Bucks coming out of the East. I don't think Brooklyn's going to do it. I don't think Philly's going to do it this year. I'm not the biggest believer in Chicago yet. You know, I, I just I just think Chicago, me per, I just like they have nobody in that team that's really played any playoff games besides Caruso, which is out, and DeMar DeRozan. And it's like, is and I'm not saying that, you know, that is the only thing. I just don't think Chicago is going to come out of the East. I just don't see it. I feel like sooner or later they're going to play a team like Miami that's done it before, and Eric Spolstra, who's, you know, been in that realm before as in the finals and conference finals, he's been there a while, you know, and I just feel like the Bucks, since they did it last year, and they spent so much time to finally do it. Now that they did it, I feel like their their confidence is just so high. They feel like no one can beat them because they finally did it. And once you finally do it, you know, like Miami as that group hasn't done it yet. Jimmy Butler has came close, but he has not won a championship yet over there. But they have at least been there. And I'm saying, like, the teams that at least have been there or have won it, I would take over the team with – the all-around roster that hasn't really been anywhere in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. I mean, would I be – Chicago is one of them teams for me. Like, if they got bounced first round by, like, the Celtics, I wouldn't be surprised. But if they end up going to the finals in terms of their talent, I wouldn't be surprised. It's one of – they're one of those teams where I could see them getting upset in the first round or I could see them going to the finals. I already came on here and said – I don't think anybody in the NBA can fuck with the Suns or the Warriors. Those are the two teams that I'm always one minute I'm, I'm thinking the Warriors are going to win it or the Suns. I don't think anybody in the East can fuck with them this year. I don't. I think the Suns are on a fucking mission, and I think the Warriors are on a mission this year to prove that everybody, like, we're still the Warriors. We're still here. We're not going nowhere. We're still the best organization we have the best players, we have the best team, the best coach, the best everything. And the Suns are here saying last year wasn't a fluke, we're still one of the top dogs, if that the top dog in the game. So if you want to fucking get this chip or if you want to get to the championship, you got to go through us because it wasn't a fluke. Look at it. They're the first seed. They have the best record in the whole NBA. Ain't nobody fucking with the Suns right now. Nobody. The only team that I can see beating the Suns or vice versa, the Warriors are the Suns. Those are the two teams that I think could win a championship. There's not one team in the East that I think can win a championship this year. There's not any other team in the West I could think can win a championship this year besides the Suns or the Warriors. And if they both played, I honestly, I don't think I would be able to pick because I feel like they're so equal. And the East, there's like only two teams where I can actually say I could see them going to the finals or even maybe somehow winning it is the Bucks or the Miami Heat. I don't, like I said, I just don't think the East sucks. To be completely honest, they suck. And this year, the West, 
is not as good as it normally is. Like, you know, like I don't believe in the Mavs. Like I, the Clippers are not healthy. So they're, they're already out. The Lakers suck. Uh, the Jazz are good, but I don't think, you know, there's already reports saying like they're frustrated in the locker room because there's players in there that believe they can't win a championship with the roster. I feel like the Jazz next year is going to start breaking that shit up because I if you're the Jazz and you're looking into the future, even if Chris Paul's hurt or not hurt uh, getting older and his game isn't the same, I don't think you're ever going to be better than the Suns or the Warriors. I just don't, or even a healthy Denver or a healthy Clippers team. I don't think the Jazz will ever become better than that with the roster they have or even if they add something. The only way I could see the Jazz becoming a better all-around team and really becoming like that, fuck that, we're going to go to the finals and have a breakout year, people love them for some you got to get rid of Gobert. You got to you got to just you have to have a player next to Donovan Mitchell who is equal or better than him. Let me say that again. Someone is equal as good as Donovan Mitchell or better than him. Let me tell you all something. Rudy Gobert ain't even close to Donovan Mitchell. Go build your team with Gobert and then go build it with Donovan Mitchell. Everybody in the league who's a superstar, all-star, or good vet, they're all going to rather play with Donovan Mitchell. When you hear these guys of his teammates, all, everyone never says Gobert is the guy in the locker room. It's always Mitchell. Kyle Korver even said it a couple uh, when he went back to the Jazz. He's like, I've never seen someone that young take the responsibility and be the leader of our locker room like Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I think right now, I'm talking right now, besides maybe James Harden, I think, or healthy Clay, maybe, who knows, I think he's the best two guard in basketball. And that's including Zach Levine. I love Zach Levine. I think he's a great player. But if I had to build my team around one of them, I'm picking Mitchell first because he's done way more with way less than Levine. You know what I'm saying? Like, when Levine didn't have a lot of talent, like, they were never even in the play-in or even the, the, the AC. Like, Donovan Mitchell, as a rookie, was taking, like, just some average all-around players ahead of Westbrook, Carmelo, and Paul George. Like, and he was doing that as a rookie. And his numbers are only getting better. His shooting numbers are only getting better. You know, I think Donovan Mitchell's a very underrated and underappreciated player. I feel like he's like what we said, Matthew Stafford. You play in Detroit, which isn't the best organization in terms of the city or like the 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 media. Like, don't get me wrong, bro. Like, Detroit's like a cool little city. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's cool shit to do here. Like, I know like the media act like it's all about gangs and shootings, but there's actually cool stuff to do downtown. You know, like we have a nice downtown. We rebuilt our city. Like. Shout out to Detroit. It's a fun city. But no disrespect to anybody in Utah. I'm not saying there's not cool shit to do down there. It's just, as someone who's never been there and the media, I don't know if there's anything cool because we just never hear about Utah ever being a big city. It's always, you know, Chicago, uh, you know, New York, L.A., you know, Detroit, fucking, you know, like Toronto's cool. Like you always hear cool shit about Toronto. Like you always hear cool shit about Texas. Like you just hear like in the media and just like in general, like you just hear cool shit about certain states 
or just in general. And like Utah, I don't know. I'm not from there. So like, I don't know. There might be some fire shit that we don't know that's there. But I'm saying like, as a, as someone who watches sports, you never really hear Utah ever get any love ever. Even Detroit, like we don't get the love we get, but we always are known as a grit and grind city. You know, like we've, like when the bad boy Pistons and Chauncey and them, like we were known as a grit and grind city. Like we grit and grind. Like that's it, bro. Like, but that's cool. Like that, I'm, I, I'm, I, I fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's fine. You know, like when the Tigers were good, like we were known as a city. You know, like if if the Red Wings were good again, like we would be known more as like a sports city. You get what I'm saying? It's like we're not known right now because all of our teams right now suck. All four of them suck. You know, the Pistons are, in my opinion, they're gonna come up. Not not in the next year or two, probably the next three to five, but we have some promise with the Pistons. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like Detroit will be back on the map sooner than later. But anyway, back to what I'm saying. If if I'm the Jazz, your best option would have to sit down with Mitchell and be like, look, obviously the team we have and the money we're spending on these players are just not the players good enough to beat the Clippers uh, a healthy Denver team, uh, the Suns, or the Warriors. And it's like, I know you guys went to the conference finals last year, but like, let's all be honest. Like, if the Clippers were fully healthy, they probably would have won it last year, or at least they would have beat y'all, okay? Like, let's just be honest. And they did beat you. That's the crazy thing. They beat you without Kawhi. So if they had Kawhi, they would have for sure beat you, like, with ease. And... It's no knock on Utah. It's not. But it's just like, at the end of the day, you're close, but you're so far away. You're so far away from ever being that top three team in the West that can actually go. Because unless, like last year could have maybe been the year if they would have beaten the uh, the Clippers. But PG was on his shit, and he was not losing. Like PG was just not, he was on a fucking mission all playoffs without Kawhi and it, it was cool to see and it's like yeah it's just like you look at it now like y'all the third seed or the fourth seed right like y'all are behind Memphis Memphis and no disrespect to Memphis but they were like ninth eighth seed whatever last year and they have pretty much the same fucking roster and they're third now granted John Morant and everybody else got a little bit better some got a lot better but my point is, as you were behind these guys, or ahead of them, I'm sorry, you were ahead of them, and now you're behind Memphis, and if you would have told anybody that Memphis would be the third seed, they would have laughed at your fucking face. No one would have said that Memphis was going to be you know, a couple games behind the Suns or Golden State. Nobody would have fucking ever made that bet, ever. And it's just like, I don't know, bro, it's just like... the. If I'm Donovan Mitchell, and nowadays how these players are, they don't stay for the struggle really anymore. He's probably going to want to jump ship and go play somewhere else. And then you're going to be really fucked when he comes out in the media like they all do and cry and complain. Oh, I don't want to be here. You know, we don't have enough help, blah, 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 blah. And then his trade value goes to shit because now he's not going to play or now you're going to sit him or whatever the fucking thing is going to be. You know, I mean... You know, who the fuck knows? I mean, I, we don't know for real. Like, we really don't know. But it's just like, we don't know what Mitchell, at least is what I'm saying. But it's just, the the Jazz, y'all are so far. You're so far. You have no, like, no legit chance to really come out the West. 
and they know it. Most people know it. It's just, you know, you, you hope and like, oh, maybe we'll go on a run. We'll get hot in the playoffs and we'll actually beat Phoenix or Golden State. You know, like right now you're the third best team. and You're better than Memphis. You are better than Memphis in the playoffs for sure. I'm not taking – like I think Memphis could lose to Denver in the first round. If they play Denver, they're going to lose. If they play Denver, they're going to lose. They will lose in the first round of Denver. If they're third and they have to play Denver with Jokic, they're going to lose. I will bet money now. I'll be on DraftKings betting my money so fucking quick, they'll be losing. So, you know, but if you're the Jazz, like – playing the fucking Mavs, I, for me, I feel like y'all should beat them. You know, like, I'm not worried about the Mavs either. Like, the Mavs suck. They're not that good. The West is not that good this year, and neither is the East. The The league itself, there's not a lot of good teams when you really sit down and think about it. There's not. It's a lot of, it's a lot of average teams, and there's, like, two teams in each conference that are really good. And then you could be like, well, that's how it is every year. No, it's not how it is. Look at Look at the West – like, <clears throat> like, um, besides when Golden State was like a, a dynasty, okay? Like, forget that. I'm saying, like, you had the Spurs, you still... No, fuck that. You can even say that, too. Fuck it. Well, even when the, the Warriors were running their shit, there was people out there that would at least say, like, no, this is Houston's year, or this is the Spurs' year, you know? Like, there was times where, don't get me wrong, like, when they got KD, it was over. Don't get me wrong. Like, when KD was there, it was over. But, like, you know... Like, when they went on that run that first year, no one picked the Warriors to come out. Nobody did. No one thought they were going to come out that year and just run through everybody. Even the next year, until they fucking won, like, until they broke the fucking record. You know what I mean? So it's just like, even that, like, you you hear people say, oh, no, Kawhi was healthy. He would, They would have won that. You People argue that. Like, there's people out there that think the Spurs were going to go to the championship that year. There are people out there. They're stupid, but... They think that, so let them think that and let them be dumb. But, I mean, I don't, just, I don't know, bro. Like, I'm just, as an NBA fan, like, I thought this year would have been a lot more competitive than what it is, because it's like, you kind of watch these games, and it's just like, eh. Like, they're fun, don't get me wrong, and these teams are fun to watch. But it's just like, the competitiveness this year, I feel like it's not as high as it always has been. Like, there's not really any teams that are, like, in the fifth, fourth C where I'm like, oh, yeah, they might actually upset. There's just really not. You know, like, the teams that are 6C, like, like the Nuggets, like, they're not the sixth best team in the West. They're not. They're probably the fourth, you know? They're, you know, like, the, the, the best teams right now are Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, and Denver. Those are the four best teams. I'm sorry. Fuck what the record is. Fuck all that shit. That, that regular season shit doesn't really matter for real. It really, some of it doesn't. Some years it does, some years it doesn't. This year doesn't. Like, the, the fact that Memphis is third, like, I'm not taking Memphis in the playoffs if they play Denver. If they, if Denver's, now if you play the Mavs, now you have my attention. That can either go either way. But if you're playing Denver, or maybe even Utah, who the fuck knows? Like, if they fall down there, who knows? Like, you're not beating them. You're not. And it's like this year, like the Cavs. Like, if the Cavs are the third seed and they're playing Boston, I don't know. And I like the Cavs this year. I think they're pretty fun to watch. It's just, I don't think they're going to beat Boston. Or if Brooklyn's sitting there, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat them. Or if the Hawks go on a big run and play. I don't know. Like, we don't know with the East because it's so out there. And, you know, you have Toronto in the playoffs right now, which, I mean, to be fair, I don't really, I didn't pick them to be in the playoffs at all. Maybe the play in, but the, like the sixth seed, no. 
No one picked that. No one, you know, maybe some diehard Toronto fans said that, but no one really thought Van Fleet and Siakam and Scotty Barnes were going to be good enough to get to the sixth seed. But, like, that's the thing. Like, the, the sixth seed from the fourth, like I just said, it's like two to three games, and that's it. And to me, that's insane. Like, dude, you could lose two games, win two games, you're third seed now in the in the East. That's insane to me. And it's even like that in the West. Like, normally, like, the fourth seed, like, the top four teams are at least a couple games ahead of the bottom from fifth to eighth. Like, your eighth seed to your fifth seed should at least be, like, a five, six-game difference, not a game and a half. You get what I'm saying? Like, I remember, um, you know, like, it just always used to be like that. Like, we'll look now. We'll we'll check it right now. We'll see the difference from last year. Let's see. <clears throat> let's see. NBA standings. Uh, let's see. 2020. 21. Here we go. Right here. These were the standings. <clears throat> Let's see, right here. Like, look, from the fourth seed to the third seed was five games. Like, the fourth to the first was eight-game difference. You know, it's like, like, look, 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 look. Like, from sixth to seventh was four games. The Heat were sixth seed. They were 40 and 32. The Celtics were 500. That's how it should be. Like, there should be not, you know, a game ahead of, like, if you win two games, you're third, and then that team's seventh or sixth. Like, that's crazy to me. It was so weird, though. Like, you look right here, like, on the West. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, the West. Uh, yeah, so the Clippers and Mavs – or, I'm sorry, the Nuggets and the Clippers were both 47-25, and 25, and then three teams were 42-30. and 30. The Mavs, the Blazers, and the Lakers all have the same record. So, that like – Last year, it was fucky, too. It was so weird. Like, how do you have three teams with the exact same record? How do you have two teams with the same exact record? I mean, they had one, two, three, four, five. They had five teams tied. That was so weird. Like, that's just, like, the last couple seedings, the last couple years have just been weird. Like, we've already went over it, uh, but we'll just do a quick recap before we get going. So, look, the Heat are 37-20, and so the Bulls are a game behind. They're 36-21. and like, look, the Cavs and the Bucks are tied. They're both 35 and 22. The, the the 76ers are only half a game from being third seed. Uh, they're 34 and 22. The Celtics are 33 and 25. So they're four and a half games away from first seed. Like, there's still like a chance. Like, the Celtics could like possibly maybe be like the first or second seed. They're they're three and a half games behind the Bulls. So, like, Zach Levine's out for a couple more games. So, if Levine's out, and let's just say they lose a couple games and the Celtics win a couple more games, it'll be flip-flop like that. And they'll be, like, I've just never seen it this close before. You know, like, like the Nets, like, they fumble. Like, they lost 11. Like, they're done. Like, they're not, they, there's no way they're going to become close to get, uh like, that second or even third. Like, they're not going to win, like, five, six in a row. And everyone's just going to shit the bed. It's just not going to happen. Now, like, if it was, like, three to four, maybe that could happen. But, like, when you're five, six games below everybody, that's just hard to come back to. Like, the Hawks are kind of fucked. Like, they're ten and a half games away from the first. So, like, that means just to be, like, home court, they'd have to win, like, eight, nine games in a row and everybody else would have to shit the bed. So, they're going to hope and pray that they go on a huge win streak because even to get to the eighth seed, 
they're five they're three games behind the nets and they're if my math is they're five they're four and a half games behind the raptors and they're six yeah they're six games behind the celtics which are six seed so if you're a hawks fan you know like myself that fucking is rooting for the hawks still we're kind of fucked because it's like I don't know if the Hawks are gonna make the playoffs. It's like I don't know if the plan ends up being like the the Nets and the Hawks. I don't fucking know, man. Like that's gonna be crazy. All right, y'all. That's gonna be it for today's episode of the Ball Out Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Ball Out Podcast, make sure you like and share it and download it and hit that bell button on Spotify and Apple Music. Share it with all of your friends. Follow me on Instagram at ballout.podcast. Follow me on YouTube at ballout podcast. I'm your host Tyler Roy, and I'm out.